We have so many stories in our lives, but our stories are not always heard. On the Hear My True Story podcast, we tell our own true stories. Before the white car backed, our head teacher had scattered. Looking at him, I could only see his tie that was flying backwards, waving at us, and he disappeared in thin air. I want to share my life story. I want to share my voice with the people because I know that uh, just a small joke I can tell through this, this podcast, it will make someone smile. When you ask me what I fear most in life, I would definitely respond to you and say it's fear itself. We are fighting for togetherness. We are fighting for equal rights. We are fighting to end injustice. You don't have to be a storyteller or writer because, guess what? Life writes the best stories. Hear my true story. So I was a little bit lucky on this because I came with a lot of friends who also want to do such kind of work who have been artists, who have been working with me in Uganda. We have done a lot of projects together. But when they came to Germany, things were not the same because, of course, you know the language. And the language is part of, for us artists, we have to express ourselves. And if you don't know the language, it, of course, you can't express yourself more to people to understand you and to, to do what you want. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one, one podcast. Hear my true story. Yeah, my dear listeners, welcome to Hear My True Story podcast. It is me, your host, Otaku, and I'm really excited to have you this week. What is so special about this time of the year? We are taking our summer break. Wow, I'm happy to say that. However, maybe some of the listeners are really sad that we are taking a break. However, we are not leaving you without something. What is so special is that we are going to be sharing with you our past episodes from our past conversations our best conversations that we had on this podcast. For the new listeners, this will be fresh for you. However, for the old listeners, these are some of the best conversations, the best episodes that you can revisit again and re-listen to. Because you know what? There's always something new to learn about something. Therefore, guys, sit outside wherever you are in the sun. Enjoy listening to some of these wonderful conversations that we are re publishing on our podcast. Wow. I'm always excited to say something. There's also something new coming up and I hope that you enjoy it. But after our summer break, we shall be bringing you a wonderful conversation on Hear My True Story podcast. I leave it as a surprise for those who keep listening to Hear My True Story podcast. Check every week. And for those who are listening for the first time, subscribe and check every week. We shall be having for you something. After our summer break, we bring you a wonderful, wonderful series of conversations with wonderful, wonderful storytellers. Thank you for always listening to Hear My Two Story podcast. With you every week, hear my true story. Jambo, 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 
Again on our podcast. It is always my pleasure. But by the way, our listeners, if you don't know uh, the music that was done by this, uh, the music that you hear in this podcast was done by Edwin Matovo. Yeah. I, I like that song in the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for that opportunity. <laughs> I always listen to that song on every podcast you put there, and I feel like I'm really pleasured to be part of this. I mean, you maybe you can sample it to me again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you got the instrumental, so you never got the the original song how it goes with the relics yeah. and everything. Yeah, but I can try with only the first uh, kind of humming. Mm. Ha, ha, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, and of course. When you want to find this song, you can find it in all music platforms. Yeah. Yeah. The song is all over. Yeah. It's all over <laughs> Spotify, yeah. Google Music, or yeah. Apple Music. Yeah. I mean, it's all over. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased that many people have, like, um, agreed and they're, like, supporting the music we do in this mm-hmm. kind of environment we're in. I'm uh, really... Yeah, I see that. And actually, me as a person and also as a... A black man living in Europe and here in a very big white community. I tend to support content that is done by fellow black people because I know the only empowerment that can be done is by empowering ourselves and empowering other people. Yeah. And by supporting <laughs> their creativity, oh, yeah. their kind of art. And I listen to your music most of the times when I'm going to work on my bicycle Ooh. at home. Oh my God! Yeah. And so also, I I also tell friends that guys listen to this music. I like the music. Yeah, thank you so much. It's, but before it's my we go on, I would yeah. like you to introduce yourself. Ah, yeah, listeners. yeah. My name is Matov Edrin. Um, I'm a Ugandan, and I'm at the moment living in Germany, Kassel. Um, I work as a teacher at the Waldorf School here in Kassel. And of course, I'm a musician, I'm an artist, I'm a dancer, 
So I do a lot of art around and yeah, I think that's me. And you're a teacher of what? <laughs> yeah, I do a class teacher and also music. And in German, they call it another thing of like Bewegung, like movements. Mm-hmm. Like they're also teaching dance. It is part of our school. Yeah. Curriculum. Like yeah. Here. So I'm all around. I help in um, uh, main classes because we have main classes. Our clusters of uh, teaching is kind of different from the public schools because mm-hmm. Waldorf schools have a different way of teaching, of approaching education and bringing the content to students. So we have, um, if you have time, I can a little bit give mm-hmm. the, the, the overview of the, the school, how it operates. Yeah, please, so, please. That is so nice to have this opportunity <laughs> to give me the overview of how yeah. it works with the yeah. Waldorf School. Yeah. yeah. So for the Waldorf School, um, where I work, we have like from, uh, it's called in German Grundschule, that mm-hmm. is primary school, compared to where I come from, Uganda. This is from a first class, first grade, to, um, let me say, that is 13th grade. That's when they get, like, abitua. Mm. So, but they can still, they have other students who cannot do abitua and they do other kind of um, abschluss. Mm. So, but where I work from, because I started being a class teacher and I focused also to be as a music teacher, according to the master's uh, degree I had. So what I do at school, I concentrate much more on the being a class teacher. So I help. I'm like an assistant mm. uh, at the moment. And also have some classes I take for music. Mm. And for our school, is a little bit uh, special. It has an international class. Mm. International class where we find uh, uh, kids from uh, um, Asia or from Africa or from where they want to come and if get like um abschluss um, you know my English is a little bit now becoming a self problem because of studying more mm-hmm. Dutch and mm-hmm. speaking so abschluss mm-hmm. maybe end of school uh, certificates mm-hmm. uh so mainly i work um with also those international students um because i'm also an international from uganda and here and i teach them music i teach them the dance i teach them choreography many artistic stuff i do with that class and it is like my main work at school working with them but of course i also work with uh, other german uh, classes especially with bewegung okay. yeah and assisting in different music classes with the rhythms with body percussions many things many things yeah at school yeah. i think if you you get time You'd come and say so much about yeah the how system the yeah. system and how it works. Yeah, I'm so I'm so really happy for you, my brother, because mm. uh, being a teacher here in German is not something easy that mm. can just come on a silver plate. Yeah. you need to really work for it, yeah. and you have achieved. And because of that, I had to call you again and say if we can be on this podcast. It's February 2022 now. Yeah, I don't know whenever someone is listening to this podcast. It may be some years. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, but yeah. do you know what is about February? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't uh, go much uh, knowing what's happening. But I had something like Black History Month, mm. which is happening. Yeah, but of course, I personally um, I have a problem with uh, the word black. Okay. Uh, yeah, personally, I have a problem with it. But do of, you have a problem with it in terms of black? Said in English, or is it? 
as the word itself. Yeah. Uh, Which is it? The word, or is it the things that come along with the word? Of of course, the things which come 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 along with the word black or shivats in English in Dutch. Mm. So because everything which is bad, everything which is devil, if you want to refer to something which is devil, something which really me- negative, yeah. it is about black. And something which is white, it is something which is hoary, something which is cool, something which you like for. And then I choose myself if I want to really to empower myself, calling myself black. I'm like I'm contradicting myself, and I'm the same person who comes out and. So how do you call yourself? I'm calling myself a Ugandan. A Ugandan. Because, okay. Yeah. That's nice to hear. So. Yeah. I'm happy to meet you, my brother, a Ugandan, living in, in Europe, yeah. in German. Yeah. yeah. And in case I mention black, and yeah. you are not I can understand. understand. It's not like... I'm not saying it with the negativity yeah. Yeah. around yeah. it. Yeah. And I know I'm also a Ugandan, yeah. and a black man living yeah. in German. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with saying myself black because, mm. yes... It's positivity that I believe in it. Okay. I don't mind about the negative things that people say about it. Because mm, okay. that's the system. Yeah. That's what I think. That's my mm. opinion. Yeah. And I know people who are listening have their own opinion. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And yeah. I appreciate that too. Mm. But anyway, mm. thanks for introducing yourself mm. to the listeners. And of course, today we shall talk a lot about so many things. That, um, <laughs> that we shall share with our listeners. Yeah. So my first question. Yeah. You are a teacher. Mm. Why did you choose mm. to do this career of being a teacher mm. in German, mm. in where there is a big community of white people? Yeah, <laughs> such a good question. Um, before I came to Germany, I was. Um, doing many of the workshops because I grew up doing workshops in uh, Uganda traditional music and dance in different organizations. So I grew up in the teacher-like, <laughs> teacher-like, um, like someone who would really like being teacher because I've been giving a lot of lessons back in Uganda. And the first time I, w- I was in Germany, I think that was 2011, I also came like a person who's giving workshops and for music. So I think being a teacher, it is like, it's me. I, I feel it's like I, I, I can't live without sharing because I, I'm a person who likes to share with others what I know and also to learn from others. And a person to be in that caliber is a person who is um, ready to learn and ready to share because being a teacher is not like always giving. It is also part of also learning. So... And I like learning so much, and I like also sharing what I have so much. So when I got an opportunity of coming to German, of course, uh, I came as a volunteer in the school. You see how my connection comes in. In the school, and also, of course, I had a lot of experience with art, with dance, with music. Uh, I gave a lot of workshops at school. I was attending different artistic projects in the school. I was making projects with students. So... It's it's like my life. I can say being in the teacher-like um, person. It's me. <laughs> I feel like it's me sharing and learning from people. So and I want to be surrounded all the time with people and you know seeing how they develop, seeing how they 
they are nurtured seeing how I develop myself from other people. Because sometimes when I'm teaching, I see myself from, from the kid I'm teaching. I remember myself or maybe my childhood or something like that. So it is always like me being myself. Being a teacher is me being myself. Wow, that's nice to hear. Thank you. And that's one of the reasons you chose to be a teacher in yeah. German. Yeah. Uh, but of course, there are other reasons apart from those personal reasons. But of mm. course, there are other reasons because I got a chance of when I came back, when I came to Germany, I worked in the school. And from the school, working with teachers and students, I was really more inspired and got interested in being a teacher specifically for the Waldorf because they engage more of the artistic work than other public schools. So I got a chance. I talked to many teachers who were asking me why can't I really go ahead and do a course, a small course, like a master's in education to be a vowed of teacher. And I thought about it. It was a kind of opportunity. Of course, there are many challenges which come through how to become a, a teacher here in Germany, which process you have to pass through, the money, the language, and everything. But yeah, I got the people who were like supporting me in this. The teachers at the school where I volunteered, uh, the people I was around with. So they supported me. Then I went, I did um, master's in vow um, of pedagogy. So after that, of course, I looked for the school where to do practicals right now, where I'm doing now. And I'm really happy where I am and I'm learning every day and I'm sharing every day. Mm. And I think by you being in front of a class, inspiring mm. to other mm. people mm. like us to see Pharaoh. Yeah. Um, people teaching. Mm. Yeah, it's really, that's why I, I call it like, so I was a little bit lucky on this because I came with a lot of friends who also want to do such kind of work who have been artists, who have mm. been working with me mm. in Uganda. We have done a lot of projects together. But when they came to Germany, things were not the same because, of course, you know the language. And the language is part of, for us artists, we have to express ourselves. And if you don't know the language, it, of course, you can't express yourself more to people to understand you and to, to do what you want. So through those process, there are many challenges also to do masters, the qualifications and the money needed to do, to have, you know, to go for more maybe education, to be a teacher as an African here in Germany. So it's really a big process and it's a challenge and needs a lot of like commitment and of course the support. I was insist on support because I couldn't be where I am without the support, even if I would like it so much. But I, if there are not people who are around me, to push me to, you know, to always support the ideas, to encourage me. Because sometimes I felt like I was so quitting because of, especially the language. I, I got uh, a big problem with the language. I'm not linguistic. I'm not a person who learns very fast the languages. And German language is always challenging me, even today. Things I, there's something you want to express, something you want to share, something you want to learn. And the language you cannot understand uh, it's like today when I'm in the school, you attend the conferences, teachers' conferences, and they're speaking about the topics. Maybe you have more experience, you maybe you have passed through it, but because of a language, the way you want to bring it out, you can't. 
But when you bring it out, it sounds like your point, your view is so light because of the language. So we, we, when I say we, I mean like Ugandans or Africans, you know, who have come from home without the German background as our language we know how to speak. And we come here, so we try to catch up with the language and to learn, to attend school, to do this. It's not easy than especially when you come here when you're already an adult you had your career you have your things you have many things as an adult to think about but then you there's a language imagine starting like starting to learn how to talk um <laughs> as a kid so it's like also learning from zero so it's challenging and needs a lot of like commitment a lot of sacrifice you do you leave other things to pass and you concentrate on the language. Huh. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now. Hear my true story. Yeah, yeah. really challenging. I, I really understand the point of the language because I'm also a Ugandan uh, mm. from Uganda now living in German yeah. where, I had, where I lived a lot that I'd done in mm. my life and I decided to come and live in German mm. and try out my career here as an artist. Yeah. But of course, language comes up mm. and then I chose to go to education, but then language comes up. Mm. But the point, I don't know what is your opinion, what do you look at this? Because for me, when I look at language being one of the, 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 challenges. the challenges, but also mm. one of the, 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 the reasons to for you to get something mm. maybe it's one of the things that mm. can determine what you can do. Mm. I see it as kind of like a systematic mm. racism or systematic discrimination mm. of someone because mm. they will tell you you are mm. good at this but you don't mm. have the language. Mm. What is your opinion about that? Yeah, I can take it in the two way. Mm. I take it in the two way uh, because. The environment you're in, they speak this language. The kids, you as a teacher, you, you work with kids, and the kids, they speak that language. And it's their national and official language. So I cannot really take the old blame to call it a systematic racism because that's, that's their culture. It's like we have Luganda, but apart from, of course, the colonial background, which turned everything upside down because also... When you go to China, also they speak their Chinese. You go to France, they speak, they speak French. So if you want to really engage and be part of that community, it is your responsibility to learn the language as a person who came in. But the challenge comes in where people use it as an advantage of you. That's where also I get the problem is like in the regards to racism, because many people take it an advantage putting it in, in the aspect of being a racist. You go apply for a job and you say, I have experience, whatever they put on internet for the job qualification, you have them, but then they put like, for example, like if you have like A2 Deutsch, uh, certificate, you can apply and then you go to that office and you apply. Then when you reach there, they start speaking too much Deutsch and you cannot understand what they are saying and they put the blame on you who have come, especially like for one year in Germany or for one six months, the qualification they, they called for you have them and you have even more experience about it. And when they give you practical work, 
like um, let's say in the youth center, you do it. Everything is perfect. Do you know how to deal with uh, kids? You know what to do as an artist. You know, but when time comes, they have to give you a job because they are, of course, other maybe Germans who have applied for this job, but they don't have the experience you have and the way you handle it. So they take this advantage of the language to give the, the, the job to the native or the native speaker or the person who works from here. That's where I also come out of like, you know, this is really too much because you, have the, you ask for the qualification, I brought them out. And you cannot really say that the person who have stayed here for one year can speak fluent Dutch. There's this Dutch of, you know, of um, conversations. How are you? How was your day? How would things, how things work? And there's a language we use in our fields. People master. So you can master your work out to deal with students when you're teaching this or when you're working in this field. But you go to the office and they expect you to speak fluent in one year. Who does that? You know, that kind of putting it at the top of everything in kind of favoring their fellow um, natives, I also feel so hard. And it's a big challenge. It's a big challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand you, what you say when you say that when the language becomes uh, a decision for you to get something. Mm. When someone uh, looks at you and mm. finds you by the language, that's also where I find it. See, now mm. you don't need to define me by the language, mm. but you need to define me by who I am and what expertise and what experience I'm bringing on this job. Yeah. Or what am I sharing with the people around me? Mm. And I think not, not, you speak more than 10 languages, mm. but you can't only speak one language in your life, and that becomes difficult. That's mm. where the problem is. Mm. But I look at it like, as much as we, people who have come from other countries to live in German mm. or to live in, in any country of choice and you're learning the language, the language should, should be a requirement for you to live in that community to learn mm. and also to adopt just mm. like the way when Germans come to my country in Uganda, they need to learn English, but we don't define them to do a, something in our community because mm. they don't know English. Yeah. Actually, I experience when I have volunteers in my organization in Uganda mm. who come when the English language is not very good, but mm. we think we, need, we can learn from you. Yeah. And we don't make you to learn Uganda or Swahili. Mm. Yeah. But we tell you it would be nice for you to know some words mm. to integrate very well. Yeah. yeah so where, that's where I feel. But of course, you talked about colonial perspective, the mm. white supremacy, mm. the, how our language itself mm. is one of the, the power. Yeah. If our language is spoken yeah. around the world, then yeah. we are powerful. The white yeah. supremacy comes in yeah. where, you see, yeah. that's why it is a small line between yeah. being integrated to accept it as a language and also yeah. it being used as a tool yes. to discriminate to discriminate, you. To put you down. To put because you down. just imagine our mm. local languages where I come from in Uganda. Mm. When in the school, when you speak like me, I come from Uganda, but my mother language is Luganda. Mm. When I speak Luganda in the school, they call it vernacular and it is punishable. So, which means... The people who design the system of education, putting my culture, especially my language, of which defines me, my identity, 
putting it like it's a punishable language and putting the foreign language at the high peak that someone who speaks English in that aspect in Uganda or the official language, if someone who speaks English is someone who's intellect, is someone who's knowledgeable, someone with a skill, and someone with much respect in the community. So you look at that colonial background and the, what you already called it systematic uh, discrimination and uh, and superior inferior structure of it, it is already in place, and we we people who come from there, the locals, or the natives of those countries, we need, I think, we need to develop, we need to come to understand, to digest the things again. And then we see what went wrong. How can we empower ourselves? Because me personally, here in Germany, mm-hmm. sorry to maybe if I... I yeah, yes, it's okay, because that was going to be the next question. Yeah. What is your view? What is your opinion? How can people... Mm. Black people, mm. Ugandans or mm. Africans mm. raised either in Europe or mm. raised wherever they are mm. or came as migrants in these places mm. can empower themselves, mm. themselves mm. to overcome this systematic racism against them. Um, because racism itself could never end, mm, yeah. but how to empower yourself. Yeah. To, to stand with it, to mm. live with it. Yeah, one of the things I always do, um, and I always talk to my friends, I have, I don't want to use this thing of color things, a black or white friends. I have European friends, mm. and they are really good friends. These, they really find so much to find a way of not putting the racism um, statements, and they're really good friends. But what we should learn also, we people who come from Africa uh, or Uganda, that we should also tell these people to understand. We, we talk out how we feel because, uh, giving example, you, my brother, Otako, when you face to do something, maybe from a friend, you know, a close friend, and makes a statement out of ignorance, that they say, you black people, you have a lot of energy. Or you black people, this statement, you black people, you don't keep time. You get what I'm saying? But you, Otako, you keep time, and you're hardworking, and you're focused. So, there is a way we have to help them to understand that we have to create a way of helping our friends, our close friends we live in, the community we live in, because we live in a European community and the people we live in. However much we try ourselves to empower ourselves by learning the languages and to be punctual and to be like good people to fit in the community. There are these people surrounding us. You know, We have also to engage them in these topics and to tell them, if they mention that statement, that you Africans, you are not punctual. Try to help them, not by engaging in the fight. So you, you are just on what? But you find a way, next time if you have a, uh, an appointment, be practical. You have an appointment, we meet at 10. Be there at 9.45 or be there at 9.50. And then you come one day, two days, the same appointment. You come on time, then him psychologically, of course he has to change the statement. He cannot say, Africans, come late. Because when they say it and you were there, he looks at you and then he comes back to his head and says, ah, but Otako was on time. And Otako is from, he's an African. But he keeps time. But to just cut you short, don't you think that is like you want to blame again the other side of the story? Why Mm. not tell someone exactly what you feel? 
Like, uh. please, you mention this statement. I don't like it. Yeah. And doesn't work for me. Yeah. And it's stereotype. Mm. I don't need to practically show you one time, second time. I feel like I need to tell you yeah. out right away. Yeah. I mean, maybe I got you wrong. No, 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 no. You, di- you didn't get me wrong. But uh, we have said these statements. And our grants, uh, when you go into history, Martin Luther King, the Rumumbas, and many ancestors have been saying these statements. These people know the statements. We talk to them. They know, most of them, they know these statements. But what they lack is to see the practical stuff. As a practical person. No, I don't think that someone who's having stereotype mm. challenges is lacking to see. Mm. It's the problem that maybe we don't tell them. If mm. I don't tell you, if you're my friend, you're, mm. you're European or you mm. are, I don't like to generalize, maybe say, let me be clear, you're a white German person. Mm. And I tell you, oh, you know what? You made a statement that really makes me feel bad. Mm. And I don't want it. Yeah. It's good to say it out, but also to act it. There are two things. I have friends. When you mentioned a racism, um, a racism statement, they tell it straight away. Let's say, for example, Africans, you don't keep time. Tomorrow, you say, and someone says, no, you cannot say that. You cannot generalize Africans. They don't keep time. You see? This is the question. Tomorrow, you meet at 10. And the person who have been saying, Africans, you can't generalize, comes late at 11 without any reason. How do you expect that person to, to take your statement to be right? That, that person needs to be clear and say, otaku, you don't keep time. Yes. Otako, yeah. you need to keep time. Yeah. I don't want someone to generalize it. Yeah. Generalization is, is bad, but you always put it in the statements. And, of course, we had many proverbs also where you come from. Uh, I want to pass it here because it is mm. also important. In, in my language, we say, Omulia mamba aberomu, navu maganya echikachona. In that proverb, they try to say, it is one person from maybe from a family or from a, where you come from, maybe Uganda. You represent Uganda. You are an ambassador of Uganda. Whatever you do here, you represent Uganda. Whatever you do here, people will say, but Ugandans. And they say, give a reference. Even at the university, they call it a reference. A reference, it, is, it does not say the whole country works like that. But someone stands up and says, yeah, I have a friend here, Otako, comes from Uganda. Last time we had to meet at 10, he came at 11. So, how can you tell me that? So, don't generalize people are not like that. But they say, give a, give a sample because you can't sample everything. So, it is within us. Generalizing is really, I disagree with it. I don't like those statements. I'm among the people who always say, don't generalize. Say, Otako, so Adrian. But in our heads, how we grow up in the community, in our culture, it is all about generalizing because we all came from the community. It comes from the community aspect. That's why I say we, we, when they mention we, you are not alone. And we, from our culture, it is part of us. Whether we like it or not, we have been growing with we. So that's why I believe more doing practical. You mentioned straight away that what, me, that statement is not right, that Africans don't keep time. But then don't forget the most important thing, according to me, is to prove wrong, you don't need to show. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to show you. I'm going to be in time. Don't mention anything, but be with something in uh, an engagement or an appointment, and come on time. 
So the next time when he makes that same mistake, he remembers that Utako when he had a meeting tomorrow, tomorrow, yesterday, sorry, he was on time. So coming to head is like I'm contradicting myself. So which African are you talking about? Anyway, to, so what is the other way that people can empower themselves? Yeah. Um, to, the, to speak to the point of like um, Africans, uh, like artists, uh, because I'm also an artist, that... Are you putting artists, are you putting Africans, or are you talking about uh, what I'm, how can black the first example I want to give it like for, yeah. empower themselves? Yeah, mm. I'm giving like if you have any skill or any talent or something you have been doing, doing, doing at home, of course, when we come to these countries, we face a lot of challenges language, where to stay, the new system, culture shock. So we have to create like a space for ourselves. Create a space for ourselves to practice what you used to do, and always to find the community which gives you more positive energy. It's like you. I don't live in um, in in, in Marburg, so I live in a different city. But me coming to visit you, and we have this simple a, a simple talk. We share food. We talk. We do projects. I get the energy. So I think it is more important to also to learn how to make our communities because, of course, we cannot make uh, the people who doesn't know your backgrounds, your cultures, how you do things. To give you more support, everything will be new to them and every time you'll be like crashing. So we should put, I think, more communities and to speak out, as you have been saying, to speak out things which are wrong. We say, no, this and this does not work. This and this does not work. And to share, we we have a problem uh, from our cultures not to share our biographies. We keep it to ourselves. But if you, I share my experience, like Otako Yodis, we call ourselves and say, my friend, I had this experience at school. I was working as a kid and that, 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 that and this happens. And it's when you talk, oh, I saw that, this and this and this. But how I handled it, so we give like solutions, kind of like moral support and sharing and boosting ourselves. So I think that's also very important to, to cope up with this environment. Okay, so yeah. good. Thank you so much, Edwin Matovu, for such a very good conversation about this mm. issue. But anyway, because of time, I would like to say our listeners, thank you so much for joining us in this part one of this conversation with Edwin Matovu. And please join us in the second conversation with Edwin Matovu as we continue to talk about how can we as black people or Africans or living in a, a white community majority environment and how can we empower ourselves? How can we use our skills to support each other? And also by sharing our personal true stories, we continue. So do you have anything to say before we go to part two of this conversation? No, I think for now, we, we, we let them wait for the part two. <laughs> <laughs> We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. Hear my true story. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Music by Etrin Matovo, hosted and produced by Otako. Subscribe to our podcast for more stories and visit us on our website, hearmytruestory.com for more stories. All the links are listed in the show notes of this podcast.